0: Let's take out the trash day. Friday. I mean, what is it? Any stories we have to give the press that we're not wild about, we give them all in a lump on Friday. Why do you do it on Friday? Because no one reads the paper on Saturday. But we do. I'm Yael Grauer, and this is the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive. On Friday, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, ODNI, released its 2017 Transparency Report. The report includes statistics on how often the government uses certain surveillance authorities. One thing that stood out to privacy advocates is the number of call detail records. Call detail records don't include the actual content of phone calls, but they do include the metadata. The source numbers, destination numbers, the time and date in which the calls took place, the duration, that kind of thing. Call detail record numbers shot up from 151 million in 2016 to 534 million in 2017, though it's not really clear why. Robin Green is Policy counsel and Government Affairs Lead at New America's Open Technology Institute. She says that when the U.S. Freedom Act was passed in 2015, that it raised the possibility that the government would be collecting more records, but would be doing so in a more targeted fashion.
1: So the analogy I like to use is the government used to be fishing in a really large lake with a with a massive net, and now they're fishing in the ocean, but they're using a fishing rod. That's what the bill was supposed to do, anyways. So you know, where under the bulk collection program that Ed Snowden revealed, they were collecting every telephone uh, telephone record associated with landlines in the U.S., now they could also access uh, the telephone records or the call detail records of the cell phone companies too. Um, And so it's, it's a bigger pool from which
0: to fish, but
1: the problem is they're supposed to only be collecting call detail records.
0: A massive increase in the number of call detail records was expected in 2016, but this report shows that the call detail record numbers more than tripled in 2017.
1: And so the question becomes, have they changed how they're defining a call detail record? And the answer that they provide is sort of unsatisfactory because they basically say that, well, now that they're, they're getting more information, people are creating more records. But they also say something along the lines of the fact that the uh, te- methods and technology have changed. Um, and so that has something to do with why they're collecting so many more records.
0: ODNI's response raises additional questions over what type of call detail records are being collected.
1: So what they say uh, in response to people questioning why did these records, uh, the number of records they collect, increase so much is that the factors include the number of court-ordered Uh, Court approved selection terms like a phone number that they that are used by the target the way the targets use those selection terms the amount of historical data that providers retain and then and this is sort of the curious uh, part of the answer the dynamics of the ever changing telecommunication sector. So the big question is, what does that mean? Um, Are they collecting new kinds of records and saying that these are still, you know, call detail records? Uh, They're the records of people in communication with each other, but they're new kinds of records. Um, And is that how you sort of account for the, quote, dynamics of the ever-changing telecommunications sector? Um, And so if that's the case, that's really not what Congress intended. Congress was really attempting to codify a very specific authority um, through which the intelligence community could collect call detail records as they were understood at the time That the the law was passed and at the time that the bulk metadata collection program was ongoing before its disclosure in 2013. Um, And so the intelligence community hasn't really provided any additional information about why there is so much more data being collected. Um, And it's just terribly concerning because it, it raises the question whether or not the program is being conducted in a manner that comports with the spirit of what Congress intended.
0: Robin says that it's unclear whether or not the definition of the term has expanded or changed.
1: The question becomes, how are they defining call, right? So is that just uh, a phone number associated with a cell phone or a landline? Or is it now uh, internet communications as well? Um, And it's not it's not clear to me that it is, but it isn't clear to me that it isn't. And there's just this huge elephant in the room of why were three times as many call detail records collected off of the same number of orders, right? Because from uh, 2016 to 2017, only 40 40 of these orders issued. Um, And so why were the same uh, number of orders yielding three times as much data?
0: On the metadata front, Robin says that the number of records requested under National Security Letter Authority was also troubling. National Security Letters, or NSLs, are an investigative tool that allow the FBI, and sometimes other federal agencies, to demand that companies turn over information about their customers' use of services. NSLs are often accompanied by a gag order.
1: There were a few hundred more, I think, but when you actually look at the number of records requested, it was almost double. Um, And that is just a significant increase and really harkens back to the time of the inspectors general reports in the early aughts, you know, just following um, the passage of the Patriot Act, where inspectors general found that the FBI had been using this Essentially, administrative subpoena authority. There's no judi- judicial oversight um, of these of these demands as a mechanism for engaging in bulk collection. Um, back then, you would see instances where a handful of NSLs would be used to collect the records of, you know. 10,000 people. Um, And that's clearly not happening to that scale now. But the significant increase, um, which can't be answered by a similar increase in the number of orders issued or NSLs issued, um, is sort of raising a question about whether the FBI is becoming overly liberal in its use of this authority.
0: FISA Section 702 was just reauthorized by Congress in January without any of the meaningful reforms that the privacy and advocacy communities had pushed for. Many argue that the changes Congress made actually made the law worse. One of the main concerns rising out of the transparency report released on Friday was that the number of targets under Section 702 skyrocketed.
1: From 2015 to 2016, uh, that increase was about 12.8%. And here we see uh, an increase in, ter- in terms of the number of people targeted of just over 20%. Um, and so that's pretty stark because already you're seeing just massive increases in how many people are actually being targeted for surveillance under Section 702 from when these transparency reports first started in 2015 to now.
0: When the intelligence community talks about Section 702, it emphasizes its use for counterterrorism and national security surveillance. But Robin points out that it's much broader than that.
1: And the reality is, There are elements of Section 702 that are very important to national security. It is used for counterterrorism and counterespionage, um, but it is also potentially used for much broader set of surveillance. Um, And that surveillance is of people who may have information that's relevant to the foreign affairs of the United States. That is an incredibly broad category of information and could result in everyone from journalists to scientists and researchers and educators and international, business people abroad being targeted for surveillance simply because they may have information that's relevant to U.S. foreign affairs. Um, And when you have those kinds of people targeted, you tend to increase the likelihood that they're also in touch with innocent Americans, like, you know, the U.S. researchers and teachers that they're collaborating with, U.S. human rights activists who are working with human rights activists abroad, um, and business people, of course. So that in itself raises real concerns for Americans' privacy and certainly for the privacy and human rights of people abroad.
0: The second problem is the issue of warrantless searches. The intelligence community can legally search the contents of Americans' communications with almost no limitation under Section 702.
1: Uh, And this is because... The FBI, um, it conducts these warrantless searches as a matter of routine um, before they have any inkling that the person whose communications they're searching for has engaged in any wrongdoing. It's literally, if they get a tip, the first thing that they do in following up on that tip. They look for the contents of an American's communications to see what they've been saying and who they've been saying it to um, from these masses of data collected under Section 702. Um, And so, To us, that's unconstitutional. Um, And it's not just limited to the FBI. uh, Although the FBI is the only agency that does it for criminal and foreign intelligence investigations, the NSA and the CIA and now the NCTC all engage in these warrantless searches as well. Um, And as a result of that, the the NSA, CIA, and NCTC are searching the contents of Americans' communications at very high rates and the metadata in the tens of thousands, um, or I think it was 16,000 searches this year.
0: The number of those warrantless searches increased dramatically.
1: Um, so the number of times that the NSA, uh, CIA, and NCTC searched 702 data for a US person's communications and searched the contents of those communications uh, rose from 5,288 times in 2016 and those are just individuals if you were searching for my information for robin green's information um and you conducted a search for my information a hundred times that would only count as once in in these times because they're they're establishing how many searches were, how many individuals or accounts were searched for, not how many times were each of those accounts searched. Um, And so in 2016, that was about 5,300 times. In 2017, it was 7,512. So that's a really significant increase.
0: On the other hand, the number of metadata searches for to from information, IP address information, and non-content information, such as who people are, where they're located, when they're communicating and with whom, actually decreased in almost half from 2016 to 2017.
1: They went from 30,355 uh, metadata searches to only 16,924. And so that raises a question of, if everything else is increasing, and this has decreased so dramatically, right? So if the number of 702 targets have increased dramatically, if the number of content searches have increased dramatically, um, if the number of call detail records of Americans collected under section 215 of the Patriot Act and the USA Freedom Act has increased truly dramatically, um, and of course, the number of NSL records that have been obtained through that authority have increased dramatically. Why is it that this other metadata uh, search number has decreased dramatically? And so that that does raise the question of, are they collecting more types of metadata under these other authorities? Um, as I mentioned, maybe the case before. And then, are they, instead of searching the 702 databases for it, instead now just searching the databases of information collected under purely domestic authorities for Americans' communications?
0: This report was dropped on a Friday afternoon when a lot of reporters were at Fort Meade for the new NSA chief swearing-in ceremony.
1: Not only did they wait to do it until all of the sort of IC reporters were occupied with other things and, of course, did take out the trash, you know, at the end of the day on Friday, but this report was also issued several days late. Um, The statute actually requires for the report to be issued in April. Um, And of course, it's marked as April 2018, um, but nobody got their hands on it until, uh, I guess it was May 4th, which is, as we know, four days late. (laughs) I don't know if it was intentional, but it certainly was not what was required under the USA Freedom Act.
0: Robin Green is policy counsel at New America's Open Technology Institute. I'm Yael Grauer. We'll catch you next time on the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive.